Morning, church. Sunday morning. Uh, welcome to church online and welcome to our basement. Again, we are exactly halfway through our uh, two-week self-isolation period. So, uh, honey, how do you think it's going so far? Well, we haven't had any symptoms yet of having the flu, um, but I think we all have headaches because Chris has had online meetings all week and he seems to think he needs to yell at you because you're so far away. So some of you had problems hearing the live stream last week. You won't have that problem today because he will yell at you. <laughs> but otherwise, it's all good. Um, we just literally take it one day at a time and wake up and say, How's today and what are we going to do today yeah. and it's been it's actually been a lot of fun just being home together Chris was home yesterday didn't have to come preach a sermon so he helped with vacuuming which is awesome thanks babe <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good I'm a good husband or I try to be yeah. Um, so yeah so good to have you joining us online and uh, and so a couple of things that uh, you should know as we're in the old midst of this uh, COVID-19 whatever you want to call it pandemic crisis uh, so the Manitoba government on Friday just declared a state of emergency for at least uh, 30 days. So that means, I mean, our services now are canceled for the foreseeable future. Our building is closed to the public. There's, it's, it's not allowed. There's no meetings, 50 or over. It's law. You, you just can't do it. Uh, and of course, we're happy to abide by that. We want to help in this situation. But just so you know, uh, our pastors, we are all still working. So yeah, we're working from home. It's a little different. Um, but if you're needing prayer, if you're needing, um, yeah, prayer. I mean, I talked to Martin Gunter on Friday. He's our main marriage guy. I talked to him on video, obviously, because I haven't left the house in, in whatever, a week, basically, uh, even to go outside. But, uh, but he, he's been, so I was video chatting with him, and, and uh, he's been helping couples all week long by video. So our pastors, we're still meeting with people. We're praying for people. Um, so just because we don't have the physical building, we are adapting and uh, we're doing ministry. So if you're a high school student and you're watching this, Braden Epp is still your pastor. You can still contact him. Uh, you can talk to him. He can pray for you. All that stuff is still happening. Parents, you can still contact cell leaders. Uh, our cell groups um, are, are going to be meeting online this week, most of them. So that's really exciting as well. Yeah, I had my first cell yeah. meeting online. Um, so it's a little weird because you're obviously, it's a little awkward, um, but it's so good to see each other's faces and just hear from each other. How are you doing? Pr get to pray with each other. So I highly recommend trying it out. Totally. We got to make the best of, uh, got to make the best of the situation. So, and, uh, and, and don't forget too, during this whole time, we can be creative. So, uh, you know, this social distancing doesn't mean we have to totally isolate ourselves from relationships. We can still be creative. We can use online technology. We can use our phone. You can pick up your phone. You can talk to people. Yesterday in the afternoon, I took a break from work, and me and my uh, two daughters uh, and our daughters, uh, Joy and Eden, were feeling a little bored. So we thought we would just randomly WhatsApp call someone on video. So we WhatsApp called my uh, niece, Kiana, uh, who is in the middle of building a diorama for a school project, which, by the way, did not look good yet. So keep working on that, Kiana. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, we just randomly called her up and we hung out for like 20 minutes, WhatsApp, also her sisters, uh, my nieces, uh, Caitlin and Sarah. We had a blast. Uh, make your day. So you don't have to be, uh, the technology has made it, just because, you know, we're having to do all this social distancing stuff, we can't do all the physical contact we want. We can still, I phoned up my grandma, Granny D, hi grandma, by the way, 
uh, phone her up in the afternoon, spend 15 minutes talking, and uh, it's just great to connect with each other. So I think that's really important. And uh, even though we've been, I mean, we've literally been at home, in home here for a week now. So, but you can still have relationships. I think that's, that's really important in all this. So uh, Steinbeck City Council has declared today a day of prayer for our uh, town and uh, our city and this area. And I think that's really neat. And we're actually going to, at the end of this message, we're going to spend some time in prayer together. And uh, so that's really good. So I'm going to actually just open up with some prayer now, and then I'm going to jump into the message. So, Bashi, babe, do you want to just, you want to kick us off in prayer? Oh, <laughs> sure. It's big time. <laughs> yeah. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for technology and that we can meet together like this today. We just pray that everything goes smoothly and people can listen online. Uh, pray for their connections to stay steady and our connection to stay steady. And God, for the message and the words that Chris wants to give to, to the church. Mm -hmm. I pray that um, we're, he's able to just communicate the thoughts you've been giving him this week and uh, that our church just receives hope today and a strategy for moving forward. Mm -hmm. We thank you for how you can do that even online. Amen. 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 All right. I want to, uh, thanks, Dave. Uh, my kids and everything are just off to the side here. So if you hear any noises, and if, I might have to hit pause. I don't know if I can do that for uh, child discipline, but uh, just kidding. Um, but anyway, I want, to, I want to start this message off, and uh, uh, so much has changed. It's amazing, you know, in this whole COVID thing, um, day to day. It feels like a week uh, ago was a long time ago in some ways. Uh, Two weeks ago, I, I preached a message in all four services, why I believe. If you would have told me at the end of that, you're not going to be having services here at the building for who knows how long, I would have said, you're crazy. Like, uh, so it's amazing what can change in, in two weeks. And uh, people are feeling a lot of different emotions. People in our culture, you guys in the church, uh, families, people are, are feeling a lot of different things. And uh, obviously, one of the big uh, feelings that's out there right now is fear. There's a lot of fear. People are afraid. Uh, what's going to happen, right? Uh, how long will this go on? That's another thing people are, are scared of, right? So is someone that you might be uh, afraid of? Some of you might be afraid of, you know, is someone I, does someone I love, or is someone I love going to die? Um, financial provision, what's going to happen to my job, my business, those sorts of fears, right? How am I going to pay the bills, feed my family? So uh, there's no question that during this time, uh, a lot of people, and you can see it, right? You can see it in the culture, you can see it on the news. A lot of people are feeling afraid right now, and that's actually okay. That's, that's actually okay. This is, we're in new territory. You know, none of us has experienced something like this in our, uh, in our lifetime, right? Um, another emotion that a lot of people are feeling and you that you might be feeling right different people feel different things in a time of crisis some people the way their God's wired them uh, you're feeling more on the fear side uh, others of you are feeling more on the uh, on the anger side right and uh, on the anger side you might be feeling uh, angry my life has been disrupted or wrecked it feels like right um, you might be feeling anger at the government because you don't agree with how the how the government is handling things, right? So um, you might feel angry at other people. You might feel angry at other people for stockpiling uh, food or in toilet paper. That's a big one that people have stockpiled. So uh, by the way, if any of you can borrow me a roll, if you could drop it off at the front door sometime, I'd say it'd be great. Anyway, uh, just kidding. We've got lots. Yeah, we, ha we actually have lots. So please don't don't drop off. Yeah, no, and we're not one of the hoarders either, okay? Just so you know, we're not lots in that sense. We have like enough. 
Um, <laughs> jeepers. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, you might have all kinds of things, but people are mad, right? People are mad at other Christians. People are mad at people panicking. People are mad at the government. People are mad at all the news, all kinds of things, right? So anger, again, that's natural, okay? Uh, in a time like this, it's natural to feel fear. It's natural to feel uh, anger. Uh, another, um, I mean, those two are obvious. Another feeling that uh, I think some people are feeling, and I think a lot more people are going to feel, in fact, actually, this next one, I actually think probably all of us at some point will need to feel this uh, emotion, and that is uh, grief, uh, a sadness, because um, uh, this whole disruption has, has not only changed our life in the short term, a lot of people are are missing out, have already missed out, or are going to miss out on things that were important to them. Uh, when we came back from Phoenix last week, Sunday, uh, we were on the, on the, we were getting a bus ride back to wherever, our, to where our car was parked. And uh, there was a couple on there, and they had gone to the States to watch their daughter play college ball. I don't know if it was basketball, probably not baseball, I guess, this time of year, but but uh, anyway, they went to the States to watch a big tournament that their daughter had been preparing for, the team had been preparing for, and the whole thing got canceled. Uh, the team had to drive home, hugely disappointing, hugely sad. I mean, I think of, uh, you know, the hockey season, I'm, I'm not talking NHL or NBA even, but the Pistons, you know, how many of our people are really connected to the Pistons and involved with that? And how many young, uh, young guys were playing on the team? They were excited, they were making a good run. You lose the season. There's a lot of disappointment. Uh, some of you might lose out. I mean, we have a church trip planned to uh, Israel the beginning of May. I, you know, I probably isn't going to happen now. We'll see. It hasn't officially been canceled. But, but uh, so, you know, people are going to miss out on things. It's actually not bad as a Christian. You don't actually have to paper over that. You don't have to pretend like, oh, it's all okay. Um, actually, it's sad. It's sad when you miss out on something that you've worked towards or uh, someone, if you have to lay off an employee you dearly love or if you are laid off, uh, all of these things are actually legitimately sad. And uh, I actually think more people in the coming time need to allow themselves to feel that sadness and grieve some of the things that we're, we're going to lose. So uh, anyway, those are just, uh, well, I had that on PowerPoint too. So, and then of course, some of you are feeling nothing. Okay. Uh, you are, uh, yeah, and you're going to make it through this crisis because you don't feel a lot. <laughs> anyway, so um, anyway, I won't say much more than that. But lots of us guys have that issue, right? And lots of us as Mennonites, uh, we're good at not feeling anything. You know what? Sometimes actually it's better than freaking out. So uh, that's fine as well. You, it, these, are, these are just things. These are natural reactions, okay? And so I just want to say that first off the bat. Uh, we, we just need to have a whole bunch of grace for each other, please. And for the people in our culture, we need to have grace for other Christians. We need to have grace for non-Christians. That's a big, uh, that's something I'm really passionate about. It's going to come up a little bit in this, in this message. When there is a big crisis, people are going to feel fear. People are going to feel anger. People are going to feel sad. Uh, and actually, we need to be okay with that. And we need to give each other grace. Uh, because everybody's trying their, their best. Now, of course, we don't want to be trapped in those negative emotions uh, forever. But I want to just say this at the, at the start. We are going to get through this. We are. 
Uh, worse things have happened in human history, much worse things. Much worse things have happened in our world in the last few years. I think of all the you know, Syrian refugees and people who've gone through horrible wars and civil wars. Terrible things have happened all over the world, you know, constantly throughout human history. And this COVID-19 thing is not going to be the end of any of us, okay? Uh, well, I mean, unfortunately, some people, yeah, I, did, I don't want to be callous there. Some people will die from this disease, and that is sad. But it's not going to be the end of us, what I mean, as a community. It's not going to be the end of us as a church. It's not going to be the end of us as families and, and as people, okay? So, um, and that's important, I think, for us to say. So, I want to spend some time now this morning, and I want to talk about, we're going to look at some of the Bible's uh, advice and wisdom, and specifically at the last uh, part of this message, I want to talk about, we're going to look at some of Jesus's wisdom for how do we handle fear, how do we handle, when we're in a crisis and we're going through these things, how do we handle these things uh, as the people of God? Um, but first of all, I want to talk about uh, unhealthy ways that we try to uh, deal with our fears. And uh, those of you who have felt fear, uh, those of you who haven't felt it yet, but, but you might yet, um, fear is one of the most unpleasant emotions as human beings, and God's made it that way because it's supposed to motivate us to, to action. So that's why he put it in us that, you know, if you see a bear or if you see a cliff, you don't just run and jump off it or, you, you know, you try to avoid things. So he gave us this unpleasant emotion called fear. It feels terrible to feel it. Not a good feeling. Put it in us to keep us from danger. Um, so as human beings, we're actually wired not to like the feeling of fear. Um, so the problem with that is when we start to feel fearful, like in a crisis like this when people are feeling fear, um, oftentimes what can happen is if we don't know what to do with that fear, we end up trying to avoid feeling it through all kinds of unhealthy things. And we do it subconsciously. We don't even have to think about it. We try to not feel fear. So one of the things that, that we do, and this one isn't actually the worst one, is we try to distract ourselves. Now, in limited amounts, that's not a bad thing, okay? Distraction is not a bad thing. To, to have an exciting book or to watch a movie, you know, that, that's what entertainment is. I mean... There's a whole sports industry, which now nobody can escape to. I mean, we, that's one that we can't escape to now. But, uh, you know, we escape to various things. And, and escape isn't all bad, okay? There's a place to relax, to watch a movie, to read a book, to read good books and, and things like that and to have fun. Uh, so it's not all bad. But when you don't know what to do with your fear, there's an unhealthy place where people go. And subconsciously, they don't even necessarily think about what they're doing. But they are so fearful that their whole life just becomes a distraction. You know, hours and hours of just binging on, you know, Netflix or, or you know, video games or whatever it is. And literally your brain, you just can't handle reality, um, obviously. Or you're just, you know, buried in social media for hours on end. Uh, that is obviously an unhealthy thing. And as more and more people are at home during this crisis, that will, this will be a temptation to just spend your whole life in distraction, not for a couple hours in the evening, but just to spend your whole life in distraction. And uh, that's, that's obviously not healthy. Another way that we try not to, we try to escape the feeling of fear. We just don't want to feel it. So we want to distract ourselves. Uh, a lot of our addictive coping behaviors is actually coming from we're trying, we don't like what we're feeling inside. So we self-soothe. And again, it's not something you think of. 
it's something your body subconsciously does. I don't, I don't like how I'm feeling. And so I go to things like eating or smoking or, you know, you fill it in. For people who have the lust problem, it could be pornography. It could be whatever. But we go to these behaviors to get some kind of relief. Okay? And, and obviously, we want to be able to deal with our fear in a, in a healthy way. And that's what I want to talk about uh, this morning a little bit. Uh, another way we sometimes deal with our fear is subconsciously we actually turn our fear to um, anger. And this is something that maybe a lot of, uh, that many of you or some of you don't, don't think about, but uh, anger is easier to feel than fear. Uh, anger, fear is a, is, is a very unpleasant feeling. Anger is uh, almost an invigorating feeling. It makes you feel like the problem is out there. It's in someone else. Uh, and sometimes what some of us do, some of our personalities, we actually get angry. That doesn't mean everybody who's angry is afraid, not at all. But some people who get angry, it's actually based in fear. So they're afraid for their job. They get mad at the government for shutting things down, right? They're afraid for this or that. They get mad at, you know, they're afraid they're not going to have enough. They get mad at people who are hoarding, um, those sorts of things. Um, and, I, and we get it, right? This is, we're humans. We're trying to cope with something. And this is a big, this really is a big deal. Our world has been turned upside down. And every day we get more and more news, more things are changing. Um, and so it's very natural that we're feeling these things. Very, very natural. And also it'll be very natural that many of us will want to or will find ourselves going into one of these areas. Now, I want to talk about one more way that we try not to feel fear. One way that we try to get over our stress. And that is, through false hope, okay? And uh, this is, uh, you know, and lots of us will do this as well. You know, lots of us, uh, I, I bet right now, are every day on the internet checking news updates uh, constantly. Why? Uh, the more information we can get, it makes us feel like we have control. We just want to learn, 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 learn. I want to get more information. Makes us feel maybe like we have more control. We're trying to deal with stuff that's going on inside. We're looking for articles that will give us hope. And by the way, let me tell you, it, the internet can give you everything you want. It can give you hope and it can give you fear. Okay? So you can, I can find you articles right now that this pandemic is the end of the world. I saw some yesterday, which I had, I was a little amused by it, but essentially this is the end of the world. I can find other websites and articles that will promise me that this thing is just about over. There's some mir you know, miracle cure just around the corner. Uh, I can find whatever I want online, and some of us in our desperation to not feel fear are going to grasp for anything. We're just going to grasp for anything. I just, I just want some good news. Um, and, uh, but I want to contrast with you. By the way, if, if you're depending on false hope to have peace in your life, you're going to be disappointed. You will be disappointed. Um, so I want to contrast for you the difference between real hope, because we should have hope. I'm not saying you shouldn't have hope. Uh, we need to have hope. I have hope. And by the way, I also do hope that this crisis will pass quickly. That's not bad to hope that, but my hope isn't resting on that. So let me show you the difference between false hope and real hope, okay? Uh, false hope versus real hope. Uh, real hope says... In the midst of trouble, God's got me. 
That's real hope. In the midst of trouble, God's got me. False hope says there will be no trouble or God won't allow truly big troubles to happen to us. Um, that's false hope. Uh, can I show you a famous verse we've often talked about here at, well, here, not in my basement, but at Southland, wrong line. So I'll just say here means us. Jesus says in John 16, 33, I have said these things to you. By the way, I'm sorry that the PowerPoint goes off screen. I will fix that for next week. <laughs> just like at the prayer summit, I got feedback from a whole bunch of you that I, when we went to pray, I was constantly going in front of the TV. So I won't do that either. So every week we'll, I'll make less mistakes. But anyway, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. Okay, so notice that Jesus wants us to have peace. We're, we're, we're supposed to be able to have peace. Okay. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, though, he says, you will have tribulation. Jesus does not promise us, okay? He has not promised us in his word that this COVID-19 pandemic will just pass in two or three weeks. He hasn't. Now, he also hasn't said it's going to last. How long is it going to last? My, my point is, if we're, if our whole hope is built on this thing, is just going to end. Nothing bad could actually, you know, God wouldn't let something bad like this happen to us. We don't have to go back very far in history to see that God has allowed lots of really bad things to happen on earth. Um, you know, I mean, I, I read the quote at the prayer summit online on Wednesday, which we'll be doing on Tuesdays now. So just a reminder of that. But uh, I read the quote of Martin Luther, who, who was living during one of the many outbreaks of the bubonic plague in Europe. You know, when that thing first came out, in the first three years that it appeared in, in Europe, it wiped out, depending on which estimates you, you look at, it wiped out literally 25 or more percent of the population of Europe. And we don't know, and we don't have numbers even for what it was doing elsewhere in the world. What, what do you think Christians felt back then? And then it came back over and over and over again for like three centuries, for 300 years on and off. It was a, it was a terrible, devastating thing. Uh, you go back, I mean, World War One, World War One, uh, right at the end of World War One, uh, an influenza flu pandemic took over the world. And uh, somewhere between 50 and 100 million people died, not, not got infected, somewhere between 50 and 100 million people died. Many Christians lived back then. Many lives were taken. More lives lost that flu than in all of the fighting of World War I. Uh, God didn't stop those things from happening. Look at it. And he doesn't say he will. In the world, you will have tribulation. And we could go on and on. I've just named a couple things. But we could go on to much smaller things and medium-sized things that are, that are still much bigger than what we're going through right now. None of us is being, you know, uh, you know World War II and some of these other things when men were drafted into the war and had to leave their jobs and leave their families and go off to war. Uh, we're, we're, our government isn't telling us to go off to war. They're actually telling us to stay home. So, um, but uh, God does not promise. If, if your hope is based on God won't let us go through something, then I want to just alert you to the fact that he actually says, in the world you will have tribulation. Now, I'm not saying that means this COVID-19 thing is going to be just the most horrific thing ever. No, absolutely not at all. We don't. We just don't know. My point is, false hope says God wouldn't let us go through something bad. That's false hope. Okay. 
Real hope says, in the midst of whatever this is going to turn out to be, God's got me. And that's what Jesus says here. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. It's amazing. Jesus has overcome the world. Uh, he's overcome death, which is the worst possible thing that could happen to us. I mean, if we don't have to be afraid of death, what do we have to be afraid of? Uh, I love... Um, I'm going to go to that next. I love what Jesus says here, take heart. Uh, another translation says, be of good cheer. Uh, in other words, Jesus says, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Um, Paul, Paul said this, Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul was under no illusions that uh, bad things couldn't happen to him or that God wouldn't let bad things happen to him. Bad things can happen. But his perspective, think of how unanxious this is. To die is gain. The moment you get to actually I win when I die, there's nothing left to scare you. If dying is winning, then what's losing a job? What's, uh, what's, you know, what's being stuck at home for, for weeks or months or whatever it ends up being? For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Jesus has overcome death. And, uh, of course, it'd be nice if we could all have this perspective already, hey? Oh, I wish I, I wish I, like, but you know what I have to, we have to uh, realize? I wonder how long it took Paul to get to this. He didn't get here overnight. Paul didn't, Paul didn't get to this perspective overnight. I wonder how many years of his life it took him of going through hard things to finally get to a place where he said, I don't even need to be anxious anymore to die as gain. That's, that's something we can work towards. You don't have to feel bad because you don't have it or because I don't have it. I'm not nearly there yet. But it's the, it's the outlook we can have. And I think that's wonderful. Now, before I get to a few practical applications, um, I want to just talk a little bit about uh, anger. For those of you who are feeling anger, uh, not fear. And again, I just want to say this. Uh, whether it be fear or anger, we just have to have a whole bunch of grace for ourselves and for others. We are going to feel things in this time. And one of the natural things to feel for some personalities, as I said before, is to get mad at all the people hoarding, at all the, you know, the things the government is doing this or that if you don't agree with whatever it is, right? So, but uh, can I encourage you with something? It's not bad that you're feeling anger. That's a natural reaction to a crisis for, for many people. But I, can I encourage you not to justify your anger and think it's okay to stay there? I'm going to show you what Jesus felt towards the masses um, Matthew 9, 36. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Um, when Jesus looks out at the masses today and he sees people stockpiling groceries and he sees people freaking out on Facebook and he sees people just being scared and sometimes doing things that we think are maybe ridiculous when they're scared. He doesn't look at them and get mad. He doesn't think, oh, he doesn't look at Christians and say, oh, those Christians, why are they so scared? They shouldn't be scared. 
He looks out at the masses who are scared right now, and he looks at them with compassion. And you know what compassion says in a time like this, when people are scared, when people are angry? Compassion says, I get it. I get it. Compassion says, I don't need to judge what everybody else is doing. I actually get it. People are scared. People are upset. This is going to happen in a crisis. We haven't been here before. We haven't got to practice. I get it. We actually don't need to judge each other. I think, I think we all, and this includes myself, we all need to give grace instead of judgment. By the way, that's in the Bible. I've got another passage I want to show you right away, so I won't show you that one. But that's in the Bible. Um, judge not, lest you be judged. But let's give grace instead of judgment. When we see people reacting in ways that we don't approve of, that aren't how we would react, I think we can actually step back and begin to say, I get it. Yeah, people are scared. You know what I've come to realize is everybody's doing their best. Nobody gets up in the morning and says, I want to be a jerk, or hopefully very few people do that. Uh, nobody gets up and thinks, I'm going to panic today. People are scared. They do things. They're, they're coping as best they can. Everybody's doing their best. We can say, I get it. To that. I get it. People are going to make mistakes. People are going to do things. I think as a church, we need to give each other tons of grace. And we need to give everybody outside the church tons of grace. And that's really important. That's important to Jesus. And, and that's important to me uh, and uh, I think to our church. I think that's really good. Well, let's go to Jesus now for a little bit of advice. Um, how do we how do we deal with fear in, in particular? How do we deal with fear? Let's read a passage, and this is from Matthew six, the the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, and it says this: Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. I want you just just let those words sink in. Matthew six, verse twenty five. Do not be anxious about your life. Then he goes on, Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And then he goes on to say this, Are you not of more value than they? And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to a span of life. I love that last line there. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? In other words, um, if you could add to your life by worrying, then by all means worry. Like, if you can, if you can keep your job by worrying, then worry. Okay, then put on the worry and let's go. If you can make yourself healthier and safer by worrying, all means, let's worry. Uh, all you know, if we can make COVID-19 disappear by worrying, I'm first in line. Let's have a big worrying session. Um, the point is, you if worrying doesn't change it, that's what Jesus is saying. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to spend a life? If you don't have control over how long your life is, he's saying, why worry about things you can't control? And that's the first, um, that's the first piece of advice Jesus gives us in this passion. Pa passion. Passage. Don't worry about things you can't control. Can any of us control how long this crisis is going to last? No. If you can control that, please contact me. 
Um, can we control what decisions, you know, government policymakers are going to make? Uh, whether you agree with them, whether you don't agree with them, whatever the case, can we control what decisions they're going to make? Well, we can't. So is worrying about it going to make things better? Can we keep people from getting sick by worrying more? Now, you say, yeah, but there are things we can do. You're right. There are things we can do. Okay? There are things we can't control and there are things we can control. We can be smart in this crisis. We can wash our hands. We can, we can obey social distancing guidelines. We can do all those things. We can help out people in our families, you know, uh, grandparents or children who are immune compromised. We can help them out with things and make sure they're not exposed more than they should be. So if you can control something, then do it. But then you don't need to worry about it. And if you can't control something, if you can't control how long this is going to last, if you can't control an outcome, Jesus says, which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to your life? You know, like I said before, two weeks ago, two weeks ago on that Sunday, uh, right at this time, we would have been in the middle of the uh, 9 o'clock service at church, just a regular weekend, no clue what was coming. Absolutely uh, no clue. And, uh, and now here we are doing something I, I could not have imagined us doing two weeks ago, which is canceling all of our services Maybe other people foresaw this. I just, I just didn't. Um, but uh, here we are. We've canceled all of our services. And when are we going to go back to our building? I don't know. Could be a long time. In the meantime, uh, though it doesn't help to actually worry about how long this is going to be because I can't change it. So in the meantime, we jerry-rigged. And I can't even leave my house. Never mind. I was gathered at church. So in the meantime, we'll jerry-rig a system with a TV and a computer and a lamp and my family all over here at the side. Uh, some of them almost asleep right now. Charlie, wake up. Um, but uh, but in the meantime, we can all we can do is so we can make a choice. What can we do? Well, we can do church online. We don't have. But what else are our choices? We can do something about that. We can't worry about things that we can't control. And uh, that's something we can work on. And that's what Jesus tells us. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And, of course, we're going to need to practice this. I'm going to give you some practice uh, stuff to do in just a couple minutes. We're going to actually do some things together. Uh, then he goes on. I'm going to skip some things because he actually gives a whole bunch of good advice, but we don't have – Jesus gave so much advi good advice in this passage, good wisdom, that we can't look at it at all. I want to go to one thing, though, that goes along with control. Verse 34, he ends off this little message on worry by saying, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. That is really good wisdom. We're going to have enough worries tomorrow. Who knows what will happen tomorrow? Who knows what announcements will be made tomorrow? Uh, so since we don't know, we don't need to worry about it. We just need to get through today. That's what Jesus is saying. And uh, I call that... How to get through a crisis, according to Jesus, one day at a time. One day at a time. How are we going to get through this crisis? Crisis, we don't know how bad it's going to get or how good is it going to get or how quick is it going to be over, how long until it's over. We don't know. How do you get through a crisis then? We can't control any of that stuff. We can't control the economy. We can't. There's so many things right now that are completely out of our control. So how are we going to get through this crisis? I'm going to tell you how we're going to get through it, according to Jesus' wisdom, one day at a time. 
you don't have to figure out uh, how you're going to survive the next six months. What you have to figure out is how you're going to survive today. How are you going to live through today? If you're stuck at home, how are you going to live through today? Who are you going to, who are you going to reach out to? Who are you going to phone? Who are you going to talk to so you're not just by yourself? How are you going to get through a crisis? Jesus says, one day at a time. And uh, this is to do this and to do this, these two things. To actually let go of worrying about things you can't control, that is a beautiful life skill. Something that has to be practiced. To let go of things that you can't control in the future and just worry about today, that's a life skill. Uh, you know what you could call this, actually? You could put all this, you know, people who have this skill, it's called resilience. You know what we need in this generation? You know what we need in our families? You know what we need in our lives right now? We need to become people of resilience. People of courage who live and survive one day at a time. And uh, I think that's really important. And it's something we're going to have to practice now. And some of us are going to be better at this to start. And some of us are not going to be as good. But there are things we can practice. So I want to give you a little exercise. And if so if you have a journal or a piece of paper, I want you to get that out uh, right now. And we're going to do this together. But this is something you can do. Um, this is something you can do every day during your journaling. And, and especially those of you who are at, who are at home more already now, uh, a benefit of being home more is you have more time to, to journal and to pray. So here's a journaling ex exercise. I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to do it actually now. So, um, but here's a journaling exercise. So first, what you're going to do, and you can see it all here on the screen, and you can, whatever, take a picture or write this all down. I'll just leave it up on the screen. And I won't go in front of it like I did at first time. Uh, is every day, and we'll do this right now as well, what am I feeling today? What am I feeling today? Sometimes we don't actually even stop to check in and see what we're feeling. Are you feeling anger, or fear, worry, anxiety, sadness, or nothing yet? If you're at nothing yet, okay. It's okay. What am I feeling today? So you just write it down. I'm feeling, I'm feeling angry. I'm just mad at how things are going. Or I feel worried, but... Maybe you don't even know what you're worried about. In many cases, that's we don't actually know. That's what the second step is. What specifically am I worried or angry about? Okay, what specifically? That's where you ask yourself the question. I can feel there's anxiety in me right now. I have anxiety. I have low-level or high-level anxiety about everything that's going on in the world right now. And then that's where you write that down. You write down anxiety. Step two, you write down Okay, what do I have control over? What am I worried about? Write down specifics. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. Now write down which of the things you have control over, like things you can actually do something about. Uh, are there steps you can take to improve things? Then take those actions. What things do I not have control over? Write those down. And then practice giving them to God. It might not happen overnight, but you can pray, Lord. These are it, Just to identify it is the, a huge first step, to identify what it is you're afraid of or angry at, what you have control over and what you don't have control over, to identify that as the first step. And then you can begin to practice giving it to God, and you'll have to do it over and over and over again, just like learning to throw a football or learning to skate or learning to ride a bike or learning to do anything takes practice. Learning to, to live one day at a time, learning to give your emotions to God takes practice. Lastly, uh, maybe one of the things you're feeling is sadness. And again, I want to just say this. For many people in the next 
weeks and stuff. This is actually one I think is going to be actually healthy for people. We have to allow each other and we have to allow ourselves to feel sad over things that disappointments, things that will get canceled, things that we lose because of this whole thing. So, but you can write that down. If you're feeling sadness, if I lost something or is something important to me being canceled, write that down. You can give that to God. Okay. So now I'm going to give you an opportunity. Now I'm going to give you uh, three minutes right now and, uh, and don't leave off. I got some important announcements yet. And Steinbach city council is also called a, a day of prayer today. So we're going to spend some time praying together. But before we get there, I just want to practice this journal thing. Okay. Since we're online, we can do things a little differently. And I preached a little shorter, so we have time to do this. And you're at home with nothing else to do. So uh, we're going to do this together. So take out a journal, take out a pen, take out a paper. We're going to do that here as well. And I'm going to give you three minutes or so. You can work through this exercise right now. And then I'll, I'll uh, come back on here and we'll do that. I'm just going to grab myself a pen and I can do it. By the way, feel free to play some music in the background wherever you are. It's always a good idea if you're doing a little journaling exercise. We'll give you another minute yet.
<laughs> all right. Uh, all right, everybody. So that's uh, the kind of exercise that you can do. And, and during a time of crisis like this, depending on, on how things are going for you, this is the kind of thing you can work through every day with God. And then you can give it to him in prayer. And uh, so, yeah, that's – so try that this week. Um, I want to give you a, a big announcement now, and then we're going to spend some time uh, praying because it's a day of prayer here in Steinbach, and we can pray for our community in this time and pray for our uh, our doctors and nurses and pray for people to be protected. And we're going to do that together as a church this morning since um, it is a day of prayer for all of Steinbach. And the other churches are, I, I'm assuming most of them, uh, if not all of them, are participating with us. So I know a number of them are. Um, but I just want to give an announcement. Uh, in all of this time, uh, we have decided to put a pause on the camp building project. And uh, that was a very, uh, you know, I was up with the board late on Thursday night as we talked about this. And I was I was sad for, for a couple of days. I still feel sad uh, that we have to put it on pause. We're not ending the build, camp building project, not at all. Uh, but during this time of crisis, we are putting it on pause. Uh, and that makes me sad because Kyle, our camp director, and the guys put tons of plans in. As a parent, I was looking forward to my kids getting to go, all the LTA stuff. Um, we had, I mean, we just love camp. It's such an, a huge part of what we do. Uh, but during this crisis, um, it, I think it's more important. We, giving will certainly, I mean, I'm just being transparent with you guys. Giving will certainly uh you know not be the same as it was before the crisis it's just reality people uh you know businesses are going to suffer during this uh people a lot of people can't go to work uh things like that um so we just think it's actually more important as a church we want to put our money into people during a time of crisis not into buildings so there will be some and and besides there's no way there's absolutely no way now the construction can get finished. And the reason is because in time, because all the social distancing stuff affects the construction as well. So our, the construction crews have to stagger when they come because you can't have big groups of people there. People who are living on site before can't live there, all different things like that, right? So the supply chain has been interrupted. Um, so there's there's just, it, it just the, this crisis has just changed things. So, um, I'm sad, and a lot of you will be sad. There was a lot of young adults uh, and uh, who are going to be LTAs, and I'm sad for them. And lots of kids, my kids, were going to go to camp, and we were looking forward to that. And uh, that's that's uh, yeah. So it's on pause um, now. In terms of refunds and stuff, we're gonna we're actually just holding off. So the camp building is on pause, and then once this crisis is over, we can go back to building it. Um, in terms of, of camp in the summer, we'll, we'll, we're going to wait one month. Like the Manitoba government has us in this uh, state of emergency right now for 30 days. Uh, we're going to wait one month and then we'll make an official announcement, but it seems very, very unlikely that there would be camp this summer, uh, because there, there literally can't, the building won't get done. Um, but we'll wait a month and then, uh, next, so four weeks from now, uh, in April, we'll make another decision. We'll we'll make a formal announcement, and then anybody who has paid anything for their kids to go to camp will give refunds. So just you know, so we'll do that in in four weeks. Um, but anyway, so that's that's what's going on now. If you have 
if you have been pledging to the building, first of all, thank you so much. So many people have pledged. So much money has come in for that building already. Uh, if you want to keep giving your pledge to the building, we're going to use it. I mean, at, as soon as as soon as this crisis is over, we're going to go back to building it. But if you want to stop, if you're uh, afraid for your job right now, or you you don't feel like you can keep giving to the camp building pledge or don't want to during this crisis, then just stop. There is there is no pressure from us. We totally totally get it, and uh, and we love you guys. And uh, we're going to make it through this together. And so this is a sad thing we'll have together, and then we'll we'll go back to it. So there will be construction yet at the site for uh, some weeks yet, because what they're going to do is they're just going to close the building in now. They're, they're going to bring it so that it's closed in, so that what we have done isn't lost. So we'll get the roof on, we'll get it all shingled, and then we'll get the doors and windows in, and then construction will be paused. Okay, so that's, that's what's happening with the camp. Um, yeah, and you know what? The church is, but we're not going to throw a, a pity party. We're going to keep doing ministry. We're doing ministry now online, and lots of you are going through stuff too. So don't this isn't don't feel sorry for us. Uh, I care for the kids, and uh, and uh, we're still going to minister to them. We're figuring out ways to minister to kids. I mean, there's kids men church we did this morning online too. So that's exciting to me. Um, so yeah. I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> it's a day of prayer. So we're going to pray for the camp yet too, but, you know, there's actually even bigger things. The camp is a big deal to us. It's a big deal to our kids. But this COVID-19, it's actually a lot bigger than our camp. I'll just, I'll just say that right now. Uh, we're going to pray for our camp yet, but the bigger thing is, as a church, uh, when our city council says we want to have a day of prayer, our church, we are in, and we're going to spend some time praying now um, about the big things. We're going to go in order of the of the bigger things, but I want us to pray for our local healthcare system. We're going to do it just now. It's like prayer prayer summit style. Now, some of you are like, I've never come to a prayer summit. That's okay, because you're at home right now, so you're not going to get in trouble. You're you don't have to be afraid. You can just pray on your own at home. You can pray with someone who's who's there with you. However, you want to do it. But that's all in our homes. Be some thousands of us online right now doing this. Let's pray. Our local government has asked the churches for prayer, and we are going to pray. Let's pray for COVID-19 to spread slowly so that our local health care system is not overwhelmed. Let's pray that. Let's pray for protection over our doctors and nurses and health care workers. Let's pray for people to take social distancing guidelines seriously. We actually need to take them seriously um, because it's going to help slow things down so that things don't get overwhelmed. And let's pray for vulnerable people you know, not just uh, elderly people, but young people. I know people in our, on our staff and in our church who have young children who have compromised immune systems that COVID-19 uh, will be is gravely dangerous to them, very dangerous. And my heart goes out to them. So I'm going to, uh, well, let's let's spend three minutes. We'll just do like what we did on the online prayer summit on Wednesday. Uh, let's spend three minutes now, wherever you are at home uh, or wherever you are. I'm assuming, I guess it would be home. You wouldn't be outside, probably. But let's spend some time 
with our kids, with your spouse, or with your friend, or wherever you are. Let's spend some time praying together. I'll stop you in about two or three minutes. All right, let's keep it. It's, it's kind of neat that uh, there's going to be a whole bunch of churches. Probably right now at this time, uh, there's a bunch of people from other churches here in Steinbeck that will be praying about some of these same things as well. So uh, what's God going to do when, when churches, not just our church, but when churches unify in prayer? I think that's powerful. So I have, I have two more things I, I'd like us to pray for. Um, the second thing, and this is a really big thing too, it's, it's health, but it's also um people's jobs and it's people's livelihoods and uh so i want to you know when our city council asks us asks for the churches to pray uh i want us to lift up our local businesses and people's jobs um let's pray again our hope isn't built on the fact that it has to be short-lived but we want it to be short-lived and we want to pray for that let's pray for this covid19 crisis to be short-lived Let's pray for our local businesses to be able to survive through this time. They provide the jobs. They provide the services we need. Let's pray that few people would have, as few people as possible would lose their jobs. Let's pray for resilience for our local economy, that when this is over, it's going to bounce back. We're going to work together. Let's pray for God's provision on our community. Um, you know, it's when people work. Everything that happens in the hospitals and in the schools is paid for by taxes, people working and businesses thriving. So it's not just, you know, as easy as let's just shut everything down and keep everybody safe in the, ho in the hospitals. We need, our, we need our businesses to be able to survive this and to bounce back. Let's pray for provision for our church. 
And let's also pray for provision for each of our families. I'm going to give you again two or three minutes uh, to pray at home. And we're joining all over Steinbeck and Blue Mountain, Mitchell, all the communities. It's not just Steinbeck. It's, it's all the surrounding communities. And, uh, and St. Anne and La Brokery. I'm going to miss some, so I'll just stop. But anyway, we're not forgetting you French people. Bonjour. Uh, but let's spend a couple of minutes and let's pray. One more. Um, let's pray for our communities. It should say communities, right? It's not just Steinbeck. It's all the surrounding communities as well. Unity in our community. <laughs> Can that be a slogan? Did I just start a slogan? I Technically, I have to give credit to someone on our staff, Scott Ricky. But anyway, I shouldn't even have mentioned him, but. Unity in our community. We can pray for that, right? Be, during this time, rather than people getting mad at each other, can you imagine if, if during this time, if as churches we got closer together, uh, I think that'd be awesome. If as neighbors we got closer together, um, I, I think that'd be, I, I think this, like if this, I mean, we can't help this crisis being here. I wish it wasn't. But now that it's here, wouldn't it be great if this thing actually pulled us together and we came together more as a community, there was more love, more fellowship between churches, unity between churches, uh, spirit of sharing and generosity in our church and in the community as a whole. Uh, we're not going to get through this if we don't do it, if there's not a lot of sharing and generosity. The least of these, nobody left behind. Um, 
we need to, as a church, we're going to share with each other and we're going to share with others. And then city council, our police leaders of our health systems, wisdom and making decisions. Lots of big decisions having to be made now. Can we just lift them all up and let's just ask for God's blessing. Let's spend the next two or three minutes at home, wherever you are, and let's pray for whatever, wherever you live. So those of us who are in Steinmeck, we'll pray for Steinmeck. Those of you who are in the other, you know, communities around here, you pray for your community. And let's let's pray for some of these things, all right? I'm going to give you two or three minutes on that. And then I have one last uh thing to tell you and then we'll be we'll be done for this morning all right Right. Uh, we've had a service together and uh, it's online. I really miss being with you guys in person. I miss being at the building and talking to dozens of you on the weekend in between services after before. But now in the meantime, we're just going to make the best of it one day at a time, one day at a time. And uh, so we have something special going on because we're just committed to, to doing ministry now anyway, even though we can't be in the building. And so we've got some ideas. We're even doing after-service prayer uh, right now. There are people waiting to pray for you right now, and I want you to overload the system. So until 11 a.m., or I'm sure they'll go even longer, they're actually going to record prayers. So if you send an email here to afterserviceprayermyself.com, it doesn't matter what it is. You want prayer for your child. You have, you're afraid in this situation for your job. Why would you not ask for prayer? Uh, you're afraid of how you're going to put up with your spouse for the next weeks of self-isolation. Uh, you can pray for the dawn on now. <laughs> um, you send an email right now, and we have volunteers. They're actually going to pray for you, record it, send it back to you. Okay? Don't forget to prayer someone online. We're going to be back here in my basement until I'm out of self-isolation. But we're uh, prayer someone online Tuesday, 7 to, 7 to 8 a.m. 
uh, PM, PM. <laughs> My kids are here correcting every mistake, which I, there are many. So uh, send an email in right now, and you'll get someone to pray for you. I'll just get my family to come in here, and we'll say uh, say a good week to you guys. From uh, from our family to yours during this time, come on in, guys. Come on in. This is the fam. This is the person fam. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. We'll see you Tuesday night. Have a good day. Yeah. God bless.